0: Welcome to the On So Many Levels podcast, a podcast about collectibles, toys, games, and other fun stuff. I'm Chris, co-founder of Level 52 Studios and Broken Anvil Miniatures.
1: I'm Steven. I'm also a co-founder of Level 52 Studios, and I do other things in my...
0: You're uh, also a co-founder of Broken Anvil Miniatures. Oh, and Broken Anvil Miniatures (laughs) as well. (laughs) All right. uh, Real quick, we got a Twitter check from last week's polls. Uh, for games most played currently, we got Destiny 2, Warframe, and Red Dead Online. I feel bad for the people playing Red Dead Online because that is buggy. Is it? Yeah. I bought it to play it online actually
1: with you and Brandon. It's fun. It's oh. just
0: Brandon can't ever play it. Didn't. Oh, that sucks. Every time he tries to play it, it like kicks him out for like nine hours. And he's got to like re download it and install Once it. Once you guys <laughs> told me I could be part of the Gravy Boys. The Gravy Boys. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. It's just every time we played. It's ended like we'll get like 45 minutes in and then it's just Glitch City or something. You know, I
1: feel like Rockstar and Bethesda are very similar in the fact that even though they both make a zillion dollars off of their video games, for some reason, (laughs) it's just become part of the part of the experience that they're going to be so unbelievably buggy.
0: Oh, it's a yeah. It's not a bug. It's a feature.
1: Yeah. Well, at least with Bethesda, the bugs constantly is a feature. The bugs for a long time were just funny Hmm. they would just be funny things they weren't game breaking and they just did work kind of part of and you expect it because they had a small team um rockstar i'm not sure they basically built a gazillion dollar empire off of (laughs) grand theft auto but grand theft auto the same thing with like multiplayer was always just crazy buggy So so buggy anyway
0: uh then the other question we asked was name a game that you think cannot be multiplayer uh, someone said the Yakuza series, which we said, nope, that's an easy, easy one to make multiplayer. It's a beat up style game. Yeah. Just making, an- I mean, have you ever heard of double dragon? It's basically the same thing. You just add another character in and beat everybody up. Yeah. Done. That's no arguments. We went on that one. Uh, and then another person said medieval one and two, which is also super easy to do. Just make another character and play along and beat things up. It's not hard. So what was,
1: did anybody say, like, this game was unanimous as far as, like, or the most?
0: No, we didn't have a lot of, inter- I mean, our Twitter's pretty small. We didn't have a lot of interaction. Okay, don't tell anybody that Well, they, they know. It's pretty easy to look. I, uh, I think that the, they tried to be sneaky and give you, like, you know, it's a it's a single-player story game, which is what the Yakuza series is. Yeah. However, Who cares? Add another player in, and they can play alongside you while you do your story. Yeah, and they can beat people up. Mm-hmm. It's a fighting game. <laughs> you just like,
1: uh, <laughs> you just co op your co op tough guy.
0: Yeah. with you. you, you literally just be like a henchman for him, like his assistant that beats people up. But it's true. Yeah, Easy. I think, I think, I think we won
1: that argument. We by will DePaul. always win that argument. So. There's
0: not a game out there that can't be multiplayer.
1: I will still only say the only thing I think possibly could really just it would be the worst multiplayer experience in history
0: would be missed. But even then, it would be you just have better multiplayer. You. It, it would be. Yeah. You both can point and click your way right, through yes. a boring adventure. <laughs> it's, I mean, actually, I think multiplayer mist is akin to like two people trying to read the same book at the same time. Yeah. Uh, that one's okay. Fine. Fine. The Mist and Riven series <laughs> are the ones that can't be multiplayer. I'll give you that. But they could. Where still anything can be. That's the best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but most games can be, and we're sticking to it. Change, change my mind. I dare you. All right. On to the news portion. Uh, this week we got some sad news again. Uh, Chadwick Boseman passed away. After, what was it, four years of battling colon cancer? Colon cancer, yeah. Uh, That's really sad. He was an awesome actor and was just starting in his career after doing some pretty cool things. When I first
1: read it, I was going to, or not going, I assumed that um, it was going to be some kind of accident, like an aneurysm or something like that. I didn't realize, like, oh, he'd just been battling with this for four years and never mentioned it to, or that nobody even found out. No, let's be honest. You're going amazing. to see somebody in a doctor's office for your treatment The I just still feel like the chances that somebody in there's gonna be like, hey, we've been seeing Chadwick Boseman and he's got colon cancer. And I mean, you know, News. it's impossible to yeah. keep that under wraps. It's
0: really sad, though. It is. It's really sad. I mean, I I didn't see. I haven't watched Black Panther yet. Uh, I liked him as Black Panther in the other movies. So it's probably fine. Uh, Jackie Robinson movie was awesome. Um. I still haven't watched
1: the Spike Lee joint. That's what we call them That's what he calls them on Netflix, like the five bloods or something. Yeah, I heard it was pretty um, good. And I well, at first when I saw it, I, I was like, is "This is a joke? And then I was like, okay, it's a Spike Lee film. And the Spike Lee's films are usually pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think Black Panther, the movie itself is as good compared to other Marvel universes. Verse movies, like I've said, my problem before was that it seemed like there was nothing inherently wrong with the story or the acting. All that stuff was really good. It was just the, I mentioned to Chris earlier that it felt like the last 20 or 30 minutes of the film. They just started either it was a time crunch for computer generated graphics or it was a funding issue because they got pretty janky. <laughs> Um, I still think it's awesome for
0: like what it stood for for a lot of people It was
1: in, the thing was it, it really was a, it was a huge huge I mean there was a reason that people started to same thing with like Wonder Woman there was a reason people were talking about Academy Awards was neither of them flat out were worthy of essentially what the standard is for a Best Picture Academy Award yeah. but the emotional response to them I can see why people went there because when you have that kind of emotional response to a film, then you obviously are like, I feel like this should be the best picture of the year because of the way it affected me. And that's fine. I just right. think from like a purely cinematic standpoint, it, it, that wasn't true, but it was great that it still got that kind of buzz anyway. Yeah. And shows how important those, what those, uh, those films were.
0: But yep. well, rest in power, Chadwick that's an unfortunate young death yeah um moving on to something more uplifting maybe dragon age four announcement (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah not really they've had six years and all we got at gamescom was this behind the scenes video that showed nothing of the game yeah there was a bunch of mismatched concept art and people talking about it was like S- stuff. Like, it, like Maybe the definition of behind the scenes now yeah. is to like
1: the definition of what beta means. It Felt like a
0: Cialis commercial or something. It was. Like,
1: it was. <laughs> it was comically bad. Yeah. To go through the effort of creating that video and then even doing those weird interviews where they're walking through the woods. I don't know. Maybe uh, the, yeah, um, I don't know the what the EA hell EA that was all or about. Bioware campus or something. But it was weird to only learn absolutely nothing about the game except there are elements of a video game in it there are characters Characters. and they're doing character things
0: and you're going to be playing as those characters and and you'll be attached to other characters they have friends and family and adversaries oh my god so basically every game ever
1: it did make for i guess what would be a nice uh concept art portfolio for somebody because it was probably about (laughs) 70
0: percent concept art we got to learn a few people's jobs, I guess. Yeah, That's I don't remember them. Cool. Yeah, it was it was just weird. It just it seemed like it was thrown together last minute to bring something to Gamescom. Keep the and keep the hype rolling. Like, hey, yeah.
1: Dragon Age is still. happening. But I'm like,
0: I, I can't make assumptions. I don't know that they've been working on it for six years, but I assume that when you finish one game and it's mildly successful, you go on to the next one. You don't just take a break, so. What have they been doing for six years? Yeah. It's, and I, honestly, I would... Well, they have had the other uh, Mass Effect.
1: Um, I they think did, they're different teams, though. Th- and I they mean, might be. I would they imagine. Probably, usually they probably they are. are. And I can't pretend to know exactly. I, let's just wildly this speculate. Yeah. Is. That's... <laughs> I prefer to do about pretty much everything. Yeah. It makes me feel much better. And I wouldn't have any opinions that I feel are worthy <laughs> of consideration if I wasn't just speculating everything.
0: I was but disappointed.
1: I, mean, I think it. anybody who watch, hasn't watched it and watched yeah. it, they're going to be disappointed. And it once again goes to show that I just think EA is full of hot air.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Nonsense.
1: <laughs> like they're just, what a... Dumpster garbage publishing.
0: They just need to let the other companies below them do what they do best and stay out of stuff. I'm not saying this is EA's fault. I have no No, idea. We just don't It's just something attached
1: to EA. And I'm sorry, I just feel like at this point you have, realistically, anybody who's done what they've done with just the Star Wars license. Oh, my God. Deserves the the fire And because it's <laughs> uh, it's like you're so lucky it's such an incredible ip to have access Red. to and then you just blow it every you time on it every time and yeah. it's just sad
0: yep uh all right after that we got the uh call of duty black ops cold War. what was it cinematic trailer yeah did they have a gameplay trailer too uh
1: i think they showed like uh, maybe one second of gameplay if i'm looking down a Cool uh, magnified. I mean, it's of Call of Duty. Kind. We kind of know what it's and that's gonna the look thing. Like. and that's true. We know what it's going to look like. It's probably still the same. Yeah, uh, engine is the same. Cinemax, look
0: good. They look good. Ronald Reagan looked like a Goopy yeah. Goopy yeah. doll or whatever yeah. the hell they
1: are. <laughs> oh, like you could lean him back, and his eyes would slowly close, like and then you let him sit. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like he
0: was wearing a bunch of makeup.
1: It well, it looked pretty bad, but yeah. then again, was incredibly accurate. Like, exactly out with how, how he looked, looked in real life. life. Scary, like a old, scary, melted plastic action like figure a, of a president. Like, you pulled him out of
0: Madame Tussaud's <laughs> wax museum <laughs> yeah. and let him sit in the sun. Yeah, a little melty. He, like an old ice cream, butt or something. <laughs>
1: I do, I'm, I'm always excited for Black Ops stuff because even the yeah, last Black Ops game, uh, I really liked the way they did their Battle Royale. The multiplayer stuff yeah. was good too, but I like Black Ops because I feel like they always seem to keep it relatively simple for yeah. the, um, you know. are not running to, around in a mech suit. And yeah, jetpack <laughs> with the cybernetics and yeah. And then I just, I just love the cold, everything about the cold war era, except for the fact that there was a war that actually was right, right. detrimental that, that, to a lot of people's lives and livelihood. Time. And yeah. But yeah. I fascinated by it. And the original black ops, I really just loved everything about that game. It was like, it was probably my favorite multiplayer, uh, shooter from like, uh, from the call of duty franchise. Yeah. And then now this one looks like it's going kind of back to that same thing. It is kind of so. sad that there's, at least right now, it looks like Modern Warfare is going to hang on to the Battle Royale part, which is Warzone. Uh, it would have been nice, but I realized that they're probably not going to want to cannibalize right. uh, Warzone because they've spent so much time and money building it. That's speculation, too. They might Damn. not have spent
0: anything, but... <laughs> Yeah, we'll uh, see. Anyway. I mean, I'm excited. It looks like it's gonna be good. Yeah. Um, the next one is uh, Lemnis Gate. What do you think of that trailer? That was like I said. After <laughs> I watched the trailer, and
1: then I had to go read about the game because yeah, my brain started to melt. Just yeah, <laughs> it would just hurt a little. It was really a lot actually. When I didn't I know what was going trying on. Decipher what? Yeah. Once it started saying this time travel turn based shooter I was like oh my god even a turn based shooter I'd already be like I have no idea how to even comprehend this and then they're like and time travel where you manipulate the future of the game oh I mean it's in like
0: 25 second loops like I don't I'm thinking it's like a you go do your action they go do their action then you respond to their action with a new action but how do you resolve that in the end it kind of sounds like a tabletop trading card game yeah but but in
1: It's always going to be whoever goes first, right? I don't know. This is why it's not because once (laughs) you add time travel capabilities to anything, you've just kind of thrown
0: so many wrenches in any kind of. uh, The only way I could see it being like not super easy to manipulate in terms of like winner would be if the time loops aren't always 25 seconds, like they're up two, but you can go do an action and come back sooner. So that while that other person is out doing their action to change the course of time, you can then come back out and try to stop them. Yeah. I imagine it's got to be saying something that, like that. I have no idea what the <laughs> format's going to be like. <laughs> I guess it's one of those we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. And just, it could
1: be really, really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Or it could be a dumpster fire. So yeah. It could end up being. I just always say everything that releases in is hot garbage, it could just end up being No Man's Sky. Which I haven't played, but I've it's heard really it's actually now. really good now. Yeah. yeah.
0: This is when they should have released it, like mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and then we got the Medal of Honor Above and Beyond game, which at first I thought was just really bad graphics and then realized it was VR. Yeah. Like, it's still bad graphics. The but...
1: comment when I first saw it was it looks like Muppet Hands.
0: Yeah. And, but... Like, I mean, I guess it's because they're making it for PSVR, which, okay, fine. Um But I have some PSVR games that look really good. Yeah. So there's really no excuse. But killing Nazis in first-person VR seems pretty cool.
1: I think it'll be cool. And I'm actually glad they are doing the – trying to – maybe they're not, but it seems like they're trying to make it more accessible from a hardware standpoint.
0: Yeah, they made it like
1: for the – quest right yeah so if it's on the oculus quest then you're basically an embedded hardware and you can you're go limited.
0: anywhere and kill nazis yeah,
1: yeah. and so great. if they're doing it like that and trying to keep the frame rates because i know that the the when you have either erratic or too low of frame rates you can get really sick yeah when doing when trying to do vr
0: um so yeah i was playing the half-life vr game and something was wrong with my settings. I don't know what was going on, but it was like, the it was bad. It made me really sick. I had to change the settings and I could play it for like 10 hours, but I was in it for like 10 minutes. It was like, oh God, I'm going to vomit. And I still haven't played that. I just oh, have to,
1: good. I know, I know. That's and really Half-Life good. is definitely my favorite game franchise ever headset. been made. Yeah. It just always seems like a, a process. It's
0: not. No, I got the, I got the, whatever the pro one is, Oculus Pro or whatever. You just plug it in. Literally. Okay. That's it. There's none of the like the stupid the sensors. things you Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, I'm glad those are done with. Because I really wanted the
1: Steam. Uh what is it called? Do you remember what it's called? Overpriced. The, yeah, Steam, the overpriced. Steam Overpriced. Yeah. priced Lord. Yeah. Headset. It's, um I yeah, that was I wanted one, but I was like, yeah, too I'm not that. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's like paying cash for the first iPhone. Yeah,
0: no God. thanks. No. So now we have some uh, entertainment news. Uh, we'll start with the Raised by Wolves series announcement, which looks awesome.
1: Yeah, uh, I th- I don't think I've disliked anything that Ridley Scott's done. No, um, I know there's a lot of people that watched uh, like the uh, what were the Alien? They weren't the Alien movies. Prometheus. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. And a lot of you are like, Ugh, it I was just, great. uh I loved that movie. It was awesome. I loved both of them. Um I always just end up liking Ridley Scott's movies. Yeah. And um this looks like awesome Ridley Scott. It looks great. Sci-fi. And it really it, what it reminded me of was I think it's gonna end up being a lot like Westworld, as far as you're really gonna have to stick with it pay attention and it's going to have to be like that's going to have to be your game like this is not going to (laughs) be for just like casual i casually kind of like sci-fi i may have seen blade runner once but i think it's gonna it it looks exciting because every time i still watch westworld i'm just i'm like mind blown sometimes i'm like that was so brilliant i would never
0: (laughs) think of something that cool well fortunately someone else did yeah uh, and then we have the. You want to talk about this one, Tenant? Tenant. Actually, speaking of Westworld,
1: I think because I think uh, uh, Christopher Nolan's brother, who Christopher Nolan, the director of uh, Tenet, um, his brother Jonathan Nolan, I believe, is the either the creator or executive producer or something to that effect for uh, Westworld. Yeah, I don't know. That makes sense to me because Christopher and Jonathan Nolan work together, I think, on pretty much every project they do.
0: The Nolan brothers.
1: The Nolan brothers. And they do an incredible amount of research on their stuff, like you saw with... Um, uh, why can't I think of the names?
0: Batman. Batman.
1: <laughs> they read a lot of comic books. Yeah. Um, but what... It, why can i inception and uh and matthew mcconaughey
0: there was a movie called why can't i think of the name of this i don't know
1: um i have it at home and i can't think of it this is gonna this is not are you talking about interstellar interstellar for the love of god (laughs) Once I moved on from Inception, I was like, it's definitely not another. It's just done. So anyway, both because Interstellar was the same thing. He a huge amount of research that they did on the concepts that they were using in there regarding like space and time. Yeah. And so that stuff I like because they kind of they try and piggyback off of theories or come up with their own theories that are actually based in real science. You don't get like what you had. in was it Avengers Endgame when they decide to try and explain uh, time travel? And then you just realized it didn't make any sense. And they were just made talking under their ass at one point. Anyway, so Tenet does have to deal with time travel. It's like a time travel podcast today. Uh, but it looks awesome. It's got John David Washington, who is a phenomenal actor that I think a lot of people aren't really aware of. I didn't know until the other day he was Denzel Washington's son. Is, which oh, I is I didn't know that either. I didn't either. Because when I first saw him, I was like, "Dude, nobody knows about this kid. I've never seen him, and he's really, really good." And then he was also really handsome. And then I thought,
0: <laughs>
1: then when somebody said, "Oh, Denzel Washington's kid is intent," and I was like, "Oh, that makes sense."
0: And then your your other favorite guy that you got a yeah, crush on, Robert
1: Pattinson. Mm-hmm. So I always uh, the thing with Christopher Nolan, who I also have a crush on is that <laughs> he's one of those directors where I just assume if he gets somebody to play a part in his movie, that person's awesome, and they're going to do a great job. Same reason as if he directs a movie, I assume it's going to be amazing. Yeah. So there's only a couple of directors I have in my uh, in my brain bank at the moment. that Brain bank. Where I just assume anything they release is going to be amazing. So he's one of them. Anyway, so Tenet has <laughs> supposed to been was supposed to have been released at the beginning of summer. It kept getting pushed back for obvious reasons, and I know a lot of movies went straight to streaming services. Yeah. Uh, but Nolan didn't want to do that specifically because it was in I believe seventy or seventy millimeter IMAX, and he was like, it it really is meant a hundred percent to be viewed in theater at this at this uh-huh. point. And so he's gotcha. really want to do that. So on September 3rd, it'll get released. Finally gets a hard release date. And it's going to be AMC theaters from what I understand. And luckily, at least those theaters are doing social distancing. But I think there's a little bit more that needs to be done as far as hopefully they are sanitizing things as well. But I'm excited, but I'm not excited because I really don't want to go to the theater.
0: No, I just, I just will wait. Yeah. It's I'm not not. Unfortunate. Going outside during COVID times. I have to get a 70 millimeter IMAX screen in my house. Easy, dude. I mean, all the theaters are shutting down. You can just buy one from one of those. Oh, that's true. And just go watch it by myself.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I invite my friends to watch it in their own theater. Yeah. Six feet away. (laughs) Which is just called a cell phone, I guess, these days.
0: Yep. All right. So this week, uh, we are going to discuss what makes a statue good. Yeah. Um
1: <laughs> uh high moral
0: standards. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking about the pose, the story, the dynamism, the detail, the paint, and all the little things that make it look better than other statues.
1: And this is actually really there's a lot that goes into I mean looking at a statue and being like yeah. is this a good statue? Because there are so many pieces that we see um, just throughout the week. You might look at hundreds or thousands of just statues just glancing through stuff that you might want, or you but you see stuff and you go, I definitely want that. A lot of times, yeah. a lot of times it's personal because of personal collection. But when you get rid of, I think a lot of brands on some of this stuff, and you just you just see something, you don't really know what it's from, but you yeah. just go, I want that. I think that's probably usually it's got All of, or uh, at least most of those qualities.
0: Yeah. So we'll get down to, we'll start at the pose. So generally for a statue to be compelling for a buyer to want to buy it, the pose has to be good. That doesn't mean it has to be super dynamic or an action pose or a big fight scene or something. It just has to look intriguing. That can be as simple as what we call the Captain Morgan pose which is done by every company tons of times. It's just a leg up, one leg down, upper body doing something dramatic, like holding a gun or a sword or their hands out and victory or something. Um, But generally that pose will make you feel like you're looking at a heroic figure or a villainous figure in their environment and doing what they do best.
1: And I think, uh, I'm not an art history major and I'm not classically trained, but (laughs) I think you, a lot of that stuff probably comes from, you could correct me, you would know, uh, comes from, uh, Greek sculptures, like ancient Greek sculptures, Roman sculptures and like the Renaissance. And then you find the same thing kind of in art where they clearly try and convey a, like a personality, Mm -hmm. um, or a feeling just from like kind of the pose and those things. Yeah,
0: that, you know, more so with the the Greek and Roman stuff, it's usually there's a story involved in the sure. statue, right? And so that'll lend to the pose. So it's usually about a character or a god or a person doing something. Yeah. Um. A lot of times the pose is just a contrapasta, pasto, contrapasto. I think is what it is. Uh. It's where you you know your body's just. Your weight's on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, David is a good example of that. Yeah. Um, and you see that a lot in current statues. That's a standard museum pose. It's yeah. just the character standing.
1: But it would be awkward would if be heroic you were, if the character's completely centered.
0: Yeah, if they were like legs locked and... <laughs> Yeah. And people have tried to make a lot of p- statues like that and still do. And yeah. they look. The only time that works is if you have like a Shazam character or something where they have like their hands on their hips yeah. and the legs are spread out and there's a cape flowing. But even with that, there's movement with other elements in the statue beyond their stiff yeah. body. Um, but pose. Pose is a very important one to, to have a statue be compelling. Um, and you'll know right away when you look at a statue and the pose doesn't feel right um, that's part of something you'll hear us mention many times. Uh, it's called the uncanny Valley. It's when you can look at something and go, that's just not quite right. Yeah. And it can come down to a face sculpt. It can come down to proportions. And pose. I think we mentioned it
1: last week. You, we just didn't talk specifically about the definition there or the.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that I probably talked about it. <laughs> Um, well I don't think we
1: talked I think it was just mentioned like there's sometimes you look at art and oh, yeah, general yeah, yeah. and yeah. it just something's not right
0: yeah and that's uh, uncanny uncanny valley is a it's a big one because it sometimes it can be really small like just one little thing can be off but that'll throw the entire balance of the, the yeah. whole statue off and, and we've and been
1: through that me. when mm-hmm. having to look at uh, poses and stuff that statues that have been sculpted and sent back and then you just look and you're like it's just one everybody looks thing. and is like yeah. something's wrong with this and then yeah somebody usually finds Well on
0: it. a uh, you know on our current statue that we're working on right now it's an Ultraman diorama statue um sculptor was James Kane who's an amazing sculptor uh and he turned it in and, and we kept having this back and forth of like well we need to move Ultraman just a little bit cuz there was just something Something was off with this pose and we couldn't quite place it. And it just took a lot of tweaking until finally we're like, okay, it's it's fixed. But sometimes you don't know what it is. And yes. You have to like just work over the whole thing. And it's telling like how, yeah. I mean, uncanny it can yeah. be anyway when it takes like
1: <laughs> several seasoned yeah. artists and industry professionals to just end up.
0: Finally, having to just
1: tweak trial and error instead of just being like, oh, this is exactly what's wrong with it.
0: And everybody did. I think all of us in the office were doing our own tweaks and just trying to figure it out until we finally did. Um, So Pose. I would say Pose is probably number one. It's a really good thing. Uh, Story. That goes along with Pose, but it's is the statue telling a story? Does it have some type of interactive environment? Uh, Is there something else beyond the character? Characters are cool, but... I personally like to buy statues that tell a story or have some type of story with them. You know, yeah. like like if it's Weapon X breaking out of his containment chamber or something, or you know, uh, one of the X Men battling the obvious Sentinels. Like as much as that's overused, it's nice because it it's a story that you can think back to. You can go, "Yep, I've seen Psylocke fight a thousand Sentinels, so this is cool. Makes sense." it shows her action shows her character it tells a story
1: and it's consistent when it when yeah. it's consistent it doesn't bother you i can't think of anything off the top of my head but we especially with customs and then i don't i say especially with customs but it happens a lot too with production stuff and you're just like that is not consistent with the story behind that right. character yeah. why is this character involved with this why is they this little trinket here or this this uh, landscape, it's just very... It's- that
0: brings me to the next part, which we can skip over a little bit. Uh, a Story, because it story's easy. It's just tell a story with its statue, uh, but make it accurate. Uh, the next part is art direction. So if the statue is poorly art directed, you might have a bunch of stupid, meaningless trinkets that people just want to pull in from all these countless things that they liked about the character at one point in time, but have nothing to do with... scene the character's in at the moment the hype
1: thing is to throw everything from either the dc or marvel universe onto the base of the statue dumb that you possibly can fit on there because the character happens to be a dc or marvel character but that's
0: the difference between like a poorly made custom and a sideshow marvel piece yeah where you'll have sideshow doing like their latest premium format, Thor, was amazing. Yep. Sculpted by Daniel Bell. He's a great sculptor. Excellent sculptor. Uh, but that one was just telling a story of Thor fighting. I can't remember his name. I can't which is either because make does not seem cool anymore. I just lost all my cool credits. Uh, he's fighting somebody. It's cool. It's awesome. There's a lot of fire. There's I think cool it was the same same guy
1: that uh, that he encountered in Ragnarok
0: at the beginning of ragnarok yeah i i mean this is the problem whenever we do these podcasts we think about stuff and then it doesn't come to our brains for some reason i surter yeah there you go that's the one all right but it's cool it tells a story it's simple you don't have to throw in like nine other characters dead limbs around him as if he's some
1: like Battle beast, and it's consistent though. It's consistent yes. with people who are fans of Thor, know what that is, and yep. it and it just and it's consistent throughout from the comic book and the shows and the movies. Are consistent then through the to the statue, but then even again yeah. by itself for people who aren't, they're not going. What is that? Right, they're just like that's a great looking statue. It's like cool.
0: they're they're uh, they're one with um, cable. Cable is a good example yep. of. Telling a good story, it's it's consistent. The pose is good. Uh, It hits all those markers. It was well art directed. It looks like Cable from the comic books, and it's got a little peak of uh, Deadpool. Exactly, and
1: incorporating a little Deadpool in that is perfect because I don't think until the movies, I don't think they were intrinsically linked like they should have been in pop culture, where it was Cable and Deadpool
0: belong together. It's a big deal. yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think they did it really well yeah. because, you know, Deadpool gets on his nerves and Mm. what he was doing was quite (laughs) annoying. Um, So that brings us to the next part, which would be the dynamism. Um, You don't have to have a crazy statue, right? Like that goes with the pose. Pose needs to be good. But dynamism can show itself in many ways. It doesn't have to be just in the overall pose of the statue, but it's how dynamic does your character feel? Is there expression in the face? Are the muscles tensed? Uh, things like that will show off its dynamism very well. And like if you have a character in a Captain Morgan pose holding a sword up, let's say uh, Lion-O, right? Like, yeah. His mus- like his muscles should be tensed. He should be showing that he's like yeah. I'm victorious or whatever. But if he's just kind of like lackadaisly holding the sword up that's not going to feel very dynamic and it's going to... And facial expressions end
1: weird. up being one thing that and I notice you see make a lot of statues just kind of they'll be doing there will be in some kind of like action pose right um and then you'll see like just a str- like a straight face yeah or doing <laughs> some kind of grin showing all of their teeth that would not even like, it just doesn't make any sense right I I but the big thing is that just seeing like just a you just see like a blank resting face. But then they're in some kind of action pose, which is awkward.
0: Yeah. Another thing I think right now, there's a huge obsession with details in statues just for the sake of having details. Some of the best statues I've ever laid eyes on were Bowen statues, Mm -hmm. and they didn't have a ton of detail. They had no surface texture whatsoever. It was just good sculpts. Um, I think detail's good for things that need detail, like hair or a face you don't need to put in fabric detail on everything i mean it's nice no. sometimes like when we did it on the Jane sign bob it made sense because we're making realistic statues comic book characters are not from real life
1: well and that's why i don't collect the and i i know that i know of you don't collect them i don't have the same thing but i don't collect like um the avengers movie statues right so no. like avengers hulk i don't want giant green mark ruffalo no and no, i don't think anybody does. but <laughs> that's kind of what you get but more specifically like with the captain america there's so much it, there's so much texture in the and like the panels on the suit and and then in like the stitching and stuff like that it's cool and i appreciate the people who put in that detail that's not that's not for me because it ends up being right. like You just plucked it right out of the movie where it's like in this, when I go into the statue, I want more of, I want more of the representation of the art and not the real life. Yeah, exactly. And I
0: mean, you can throw detail in there where it's necessary. Yeah, of course. But I think there, there needs to be a balance. You need to give the eye a rest as well. So when you're moving throughout the sculpture, have little pockets of detail, draw your eye upwards that, you know, eventually everything leads to the face, which is almost always the point of the statue. It's, that's where you want your eyes drawn. So your details should lead you there. Um, the next thing that's important that will make a good statue is a good paint job. Uh, the paint job's bad. The, the statue's bad. Ruins like the it, entire... it ruins everything. Um, I've seen some pretty piss poor sculpts that were saved by really good paint jobs. And then um,
1: great sculpts that you didn't realize how good they <laughs> looked until yeah. somebody fixed the paint on it. And you're like, yep. wow, that actually looks really good until you get a repaint yeah Yeah.
0: so i think paint needs to match and that that goes back to everything else i mean all this kind of is one encompassing thing of good art direction right because you have a good art director you're going to get a good pose you're going to get a good story you're going to get good dynamism you're going to match the detail appropriately throughout the character where it needs to be and you're going to get good paint uh, hopefully and
1: and i think it's something that gets overlooked as well as people just throw the art director title it things or yeah. they just take somebody and this is an artist well you can be art director but not realizing it's really something you need to be trained for have a knack for as well i think yeah, it's you taste. can be trained exactly like i think you can be trained in art but I, you really just have to be able to just have a knack for it as well yeah. just that instinct for like that looks good this is going to be popular so if that's what you're going for obviously
0: yeah you know and and the other part of this, too, is you can ignore everything we just said. And if you like a statue that doesn't have all those things, doesn't matter. If you, yeah. if you like it, you like it. So there is, there is. this is all good information, but at the same point in time at the end of the day, you buy what you want. Yeah. You collect what you want. And I mean, there's um,
1: lots of things like that that a lot of people will buy and have over, oh, over yeah. the course of the years because, A, it was... It was advertised or promoted properly in a way that it reached enough people and they yeah. were convinced this is really good and weren't really out there looking for what's better.
0: Right. And sometimes price dic- dictates that exactly. too. Like uh, one of the most popular series of statues sold by GameStop is the modern icon stuff, which is like $50. It was made by Chronicle Collectibles and it's terrible. Like and it's finish and everything. The paint job's really bad. There's a huge seam line it goes right down the middle of the whole thing because it's PVC. But people buy it up because yeah. it's fifty bucks, it is and they 50 go, bucks. "I can have any character I want from any of these games because it's only fifty bucks." Exactly. Yes, it doesn't look like a prime one, but it's fifty bucks.
1: And then, but when you saw like the, I think it was was it the Diamond, um, Marvel series, the, like the one six PVC statues. Mm-hmm. Those looked great for yeah for I have 50, 60 dollars. They were amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the Deadpool, I think. Deadpool, and then this like the Spider Gwen one looked awesome. Um, yeah. I mean all they looked really good for being PVC and fifty or sixty dollars, and they're much yeah.
0: bigger than the modern icon ones yeah. too. Yeah, so it's just it's a matter of looking, <laughs> trying to find good stuff. But like I said, at the end of the day, you buy what you want and collect what you want. Uh, these are just tips for people who potentially want to make a statue. Yeah, or they want to curate their collection to good pieces yeah um the one thing i would tell people to be careful of is like going in forum groups and stuff like that you get a lot of fanboys who just love one company over another or one character over another and they'll try to dictate your collection at the end of the day buy what you want yeah collect what you want
1: and because a lot of the grail pieces that are out there i just kind of loosely use grail but what are generally considered grail doesn't mean that they're like these exceptional works of art it's usually because they're rare. Yeah. That's just the inherently things are going to be desirable I that mean, are that, rare. That it doesn't, doesn't mean piece, it's good.
0: I think they've produced hundreds and hundreds of those and I don't care. The cable Deadpool, or I say cable
1: Deadpool. But yeah. The, yeah, the, the Sideshow. Side, yeah. It's Well, and, and Sideshow has been doing that with a few of their most recent statues, With I think within the last year. They look awesome, but they're never going to have the status because of their collectability.
0: Yeah. But to me, I don't give a shit. I'm going yeah. to put it on my shelf and I'm going to keep it. And I'm trying to change my collection up for yeah. my
1: theme. I just don't really like I ordered the Darth Maul, the Mythos Darth Maul once yeah. you showed it to me. Because nice. I'm like, too. this is I have to have
0: this. Yeah, it looks really um, good. And so hopefully it comes out really good.
1: I'm sure there are people that will hate it. But then there's also probably a lot of people that just hate Darth Maul as a character. Yeah. And there are characters that I actually won't buy the statue is probably great but i won't buy him because i just don't like the character
0: yeah the joker that's how i am with the joker joker
1: uh the only joker that i've actually ever wanted which goes against everything that i said previously was (laughs) the was the uh dark knight heath ledger joker um i really like i really liked that statue i mean i still still really like it but i wouldn't have like a i wouldn't make like a joker and batman collection and be like this is part of my it would just be like i really like this
0: so. Like I like the Hulk, but I don't have any Hulk statues, so none of them really do it for me to be honest. And that's the thing:
1: Hulk's one of my ultimate favorite characters, but aesthetically, he's not that pleasing he's just a big for naked me. Green dude, <laughs> exactly. There's yeah. a there's a few statues that are amazing, but for the most part, there's not a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot of uh, um, I guess uh, like. What just clothing. I mean, there's almost no clothing on Hulk, but there's no accessories. Yeah. That's what I look for. You don't have armor, different armor pieces and helmets and switch out. Hulk head is usually OG Hulk or he's just more grumpy or more
0: grumpy. (laughs) Get the slightly grumpier Hulk head. EX. Yeah. I mean it, again, we're just giving you guys advice on how we look at things. So, a lot of this comes down to like all those um, those points that we mentioned earlier about what makes a statue good. That's not saying that other statues that may not have some of these things are bad. This is what we look for when we build our statues. Exactly. Uh, also, it's what I look for when I collect personally. I look for, I have like a checklist of like, is it, does it meet all these things? And then on top of that, it's okay. Well, after those things, is it a character that I like? Because if it's not, then there's no point for me to buy it. Yeah. And then sometimes there are just statues that don't hit some of these things. And it's a character I love and I want it. Yeah. Like it might have bad paint, but I can paint. So I want to buy it so I can repaint it. You know, that's a that's happened quite a few times.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, and But at least that's a luxury that most people don't have. It's yeah, true. Vain. I can buy this and just repaint it if I really want.
0: It's to. hard. It's really yeah. hard to repaint like a factory produced statue. It's all glued together, mm-hmm. so you got to like boil it and pull things. It's not fun. But I repainted some Kotobukiya uh, Eric Sosa pieces. I really liked the Wolverine, the brown and yellow Wolverine, Dark Knight Batman. Which I repainted was cool. just the cape though. Yeah, just it was made still it cool. Made it blue. But you did what you wanted to do it. Yeah, which was make it dark. Dark Knight Batman. Yeah. I don't know why he didn't have a blue cape to begin with. Yep. Should have been blue. Uh yeah, I repainted, I added some like some edge highlights to the stealth suit Iron Man from Bowen. Yeah. Made it look a lot better, then give it a real matte finish. Cause why would he be gloss if he's stealth? Yeah, I yeah. okay. <laughs> Plus
1: that's the matte finish just in a personally, the matte finish just looks better on it does. almost everything
0: yeah you get rid of all that weird paint loss and all the lighting yeah. stuff but anyways you're just listening to two dudes talk about stuff that we like at the, yeah. at the end of this so uh go out there buy some statues support your companies support level independent 52 artists. studios yeah, you I'm can buy <laughs> some statues from us we have a bunch uh we sell them a lot on sideshow so go on there and grab some and I can say unequivocally
1: all of our stuff is incredible <laughs> yeah there's no bias here at
0: all we're definitely not biased uh no but for the most part we do take a lot of that into mind and we try to to produce yeah. really nice things um but with that uh we'll let you guys get on with your day thanks for listening I'm Chris I'm Steven, thank you bye